Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. Bellerín, qué golazo. Magnífico. Gol. ¡Qué golazo de Bellerín! ¡Gol del Arsenal! ¡Gran gol de Bellerín 1-0! This is Arscast Extra. Hello there and welcome to another Arscast Extra as always with James from Gunner Blog. Good morning to you. Good morning. How is uh, how's everything hanging? How's the arm? Still limp and freaky? Do you know what? It's not even in any kind of splint today. It's it's free and loose. Um, it doesn't work, if I'm honest with you. Right. You know, there are certain things that are still beyond me. Carrying a tray would be difficult, if you can imagine. Well, as an actor, that must be particularly tough, as your secondary career as a waiter will be um, will be severely affected. Well, also, ironically, um, all the big parts I really want to play primarily are waiters. So it's a bit of a disaster on all fronts. But mm. it's on the mend, anyway. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right, yeah. Nothing, uh, nothing too strange or startling. Just plodding along, looking out the window. It's raining here today. That's not good. But apart from that... You know. It's quiet on the Arsenal front, isn't it? It really is. They're all going to uh, Singapore on a fantastic mm. Arsenal plane. Did you see that? The plane is is all covered with Arsenal players and they painted on Aaron Ramsey on the side of the plane and stuff like that. that. Yeah, that was great. That was certainly worthy of the 42 news stories that we saw. Arsenal <laughs> has Arsenal plane. Exactly. Well, at least you know no one's going to get on the wrong flight, mm. you would imagine. Um, and then, what else have we seen? Petr Cech has you know, arrived. He has? He's been given a little tour of the training ground. Mm-hmm. He's got a squad number. Mm-hmm. 33. 33. 33. Soon to be out of date, as you pointed out. It'll yeah. S- it'll no longer be 33, and the whole thing will be absurd. Yeah. But hey, 33. That's, um, I mean, it's a traditional goalkeeper's number. Hmm. Hmm. Of course. One of great, great tradition. Yeah. Um, Some of the best goalkeepers ever have worn 33. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's clearly been a big influence on him. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. But what's weird is that usually in the summer, there's kind of rumbling transfer speculation that sort of carries carries you along. But there isn't really any of that, is there? No, there doesn't appear to be. The only thing that's happened, um, obviously, it looks like Manchester United are are signing Morgan Schneiderlin along yeah. with a Schweinsteiger. What do you I make know. of that? I don't know. They've got all the shoes, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I think I think they're a pair of good signings. Actually, I have to say, um, I think it's easy to be dismissive of Schweinsteiger because he's already thirty. But I'm not. I mean, I still think he's a 
top class player and it'll definitely improve them and it takes a little bit of the pressure off Schneiderlin to kind of be come in and be the main man straight away yeah should we have spent whatever they're going to pay for Schneiderlin 25 27 million pounds should we have spent that money on him do you think I don't know if I'm honest I mean I think but I'm asking that, you like oh, I see you want like me to? I want you to actually tell me should we have or not like what are you I mean would you have well it's not my money. No, yeah, well, of I course. Probably, <laughs> I, I probably would. I mean, the thing is, it's the Cockland thing, isn't it? It's the it's the whole thing. I think we talked about it last week. Yeah. Carson wants Cockland to start, presumably, having you know put five a five year deal behind him. I think he's not going to do that lightly. Mm. Um, it's just that question of is there competition? I, do you know what? I probably would have gone and bought someone like Schneiderlin just because I think that personally, Arteta and Flamini are. Neither of them necessarily can match physically what Cochrane can do, and I think Schneiderland's a little bit closer in style. But um, Arsene clearly feels otherwise because I think if he wanted the player, he could have had him long before now. Yeah, I mean our interest in him goes back a long, long way. Uh, I remember years ago seeing a story about Arsenal being interested in a young French guy called Schneiderland, and I remember mm. thinking that's not a particularly French name. That's why it stuck with me. Indeed, and yeah. that was uh, that was just before he went to to Southampton. I think we were we were at the point where people were going, "No, not another young French player. What's going on here?" And so that that's probably what put him off, you know, because he yeah. listens directly to the fans and what they think of transfer business before he makes any decisions on who to sign or who to bring in. Well, nowadays he just reads Twitter, obviously, but this was in the pre-Twitter days where he would sort of you know, go undercover to pubs and stuff and mm. listen to fans, what was say, what they were saying there. He'd wear a sort of big false moustache and glasses. I um, am Mr. Snrub. Exactly. Yeah. And that would d- directly inform his transfer policy. Yeah. In fact, the, the departure of David Dean hit him particularly hard because David Dean used to dress as like a lamp post or a post box and just ha- hide on street corners to find out what the public thought Arsenal should do. It was quite quite the canny move. It was a, he was the master of disguise. Mm. What do you think about Schwe- um, not Schweinsteiger? Schne- well, what do you think about the pair? Mertesacker. Schwe- no, the, t- <laughs> uh, the two Schwers. The two Schwers. Sh- 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 uh, I think obviously United have issues in midfield and and have had for a little while because um, Carrick is really important or was really important for them. But uh, I think what age is he now? Thirty three, thirty four, something like the- that. The Czech age, 33. Yeah, so, you know, he's he's not getting any younger. And then, you know, these these guys that were supposed to be the future of the Manchester United midfield, like Tom Cleverley, clearly weren't. They're mm. sort of the future of other other people's midfield because that's about uh, all they deserve. He was in, uh, he played during the um, FA Cup final, didn't he, Cleverley? I think so. I yeah. think the, the, the thing that I remember most from him on that day was a foul on Alexis and that was about the the biggest contribution he made so it's obviously been uh, something that they've got to sort out uh, they're throwing a lot of money around aren't they in fairness after all the money they spent last summer as well when you think about the amount of money they spent last summer and now this summer as well um, there's a there's a huge um, amount of money being spent I was thinking of a different way to say that. I couldn't. Um, But what do I think? Schweinsteiger, obviously a a tremendous player um, and will be an asset for sure. And Schneiderlin, uh, maybe they're going to play the two of them together. Maybe that's the the new centre of Manchester United's midfield. 
Yeah, wouldn't necessarily about... be the most mobile, would it? No, maybe not. They're talking about a three, maybe with Ander Herrera in there as well. Oh yeah, I, I forgot mean, him. Yeah, so I think they've got some decent options now. Fortunately, they still don't really have any strikers. Um, so you know, I'm taking some comfort from that. They've mm. got Wayne Rooney, and then they've got James Wilson and Javier Hernandez. And Hernandez, I think, is being linked with a move away. So mm. still work to be done on that front. Yeah, you can't see them not signing a striker. Actually, I would I would be very surprised if they didn't bring in a forward, particularly after Robin van Persie uh, left for Fenerbahce. <laughs> <laughs> did you so see? Did. did you see his lovely brown outfit? I haven't seen his brown outfit, no. Right, he's he's wearing a kind of, I don't know what it is, uh, it's on the Fenerbahce Twitter account, um, and he, he's standing there with his family, and his children look distraught, you know, they look really <laughs> unhappy, the, the kid, the, the boy is just looking at the ground going, oh, I don't want to go anywhere, and then oh, Van Persie standing there um, in a kind of a, it looks like a brown jumpsuit kind of a thing. I'm looking at it now. It looks like you might be going on safari. Yeah, safari, but also perhaps taking some helicopter lessons. Right. And yeah. look at him standing there with his thumbs up pretending to be really happy. Like, I'm, go- I'm going to Fenerbahce. Woohoo! This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And then, he's, can you see children. the one with the kid? Yeah, they all look... He looks desperately unhappy all the time, his son. Yeah, he's like, oh, God... Come on, first you made me leave London, and now I've got to leave Manchester. I just made some friends, Dad. No, I've got to, oh. And Robin's standing there going, it's all right, son, I'm going to make lots of money. I'm going to make loads of money. It'll be mm. great. Now, look, I mean, it's karma, isn't it? It's football and karma in action. Yes. So he's gone. Yeah, it does it. It rotates. Well, he's gone, so they need to replace him. Falcao obviously went as well to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a weird one, via Monaco. And, um, yeah, so they'll be looking for a centre-forward. I mean, we're sort of looking for a centre-forward. I think everyone would quite like a centre-forward. Yeah, I think that's I think that's reasonable. But who is the centre-forward? What do you make of this uh, tremendous story uh, that broke yesterday uh, about the man from... It's Leon, Leon yeah? Alexandre yeah. Lacazette. I mean... So he favorited a story on Twitter. Am I right in saying that? Yes, a website called MaxiFoot, okay, which so imme- conjures up some different credible. images for me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to say. Um, not necessarily in relation to football, but uh, they, they wrote a story saying that Arsene Wenger wants Lacazette and that l- a move could happen, and he favorited that story. So maybe that was his way, knowing now that Arsene Wenger is on... Twitter, monitoring what people want Arsenal to do from a transfer point of view. Maybe that's his way of subtly communicating with Arsene Wenger without breaking any FIFA guidelines about tapping up or anything. Twitting up, can we call it that? He's just sort of gently lifting up his skirt in Arsene's direction. I think, uh, I mean, look, the problem is that everyone says Arsenal need an Aguero. But no one ever says who that is apart from Sergio Aguero. <laughs> but did, didn't we sort of get an Aguero in Alexis Sanchez? I guess. I guess. But we're playing him on the flank. And I, I actually don't think that was necessarily Arsene Wenger's plan. You know, there was that period in the early part of the season where Alexis started as a central striker on several occasions. And I think had he flourished there, 
that's where he might have ended up. But he as didn't, it turned out, he didn't unflourish though. He wasn't bad or anything. He wasn't well, bad, but I think well, there was a game at Everton where he was withdrawn at half time. He had a really tough time in that match. But I think generally he was better playing off somebody, wasn't he? Mm, yeah. And I think that maybe, maybe there's you know still room in the, for someone in that central spot. Well, but you know we've been over this many times. But the, the counter argument is you need a Giroud figure in order to bring the best out of your Alexis's and your Urzels. But do you though? I mean, do you really? I mean, could you not have somebody else there who would also get the best out of your Urzels and your Alexis's? I hope so. I mean, it that can't be, be just like you need. It can't, he can't be the only one that you can get the best out of those guys with. Surely just a really good player would also work. But who I, who's that? I don't know. Is it Lacazette? I mean, he's an interesting one in that, you know, he's young-ish. He's 24, I think. Uh, French. Quick. You know, Arsene Wenger likes that. Ticks some other boxes, all right, doesn't he? he? He does tick a lot of boxes. Scored a lot of goals last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was something like 27, something like that in Liga, which is not even a very high-scoring division traditionally. So, I don't know. I mean, is it is it? are we approaching a point where something like that is almost worth the punt? Because, like, I, I'm not sure we there's a £50 million pound striker out there to go and get yeah I mean that's the thing I think um, I think we spoke about this before that I I think the challenge for, not just for Arsenal but for pretty much all the, the, the big clubs at the moment is trying to identify who is the guy who's 23-24 who in the next two years is going to make the step up to be that 50 million pound or 60 million pound player you know mm-hmm. it's not like there, there's a Suarez around this summer uh, that, that everybody would take if they could get him you know, uh, mm. people like Cavani, Benzema, you know, they're they're obviously top drawer strikers, but not necessarily the cream of the of the, the crop or maybe not worth the investment that you'd have to make in them in terms of what you get out of them, uh, time and, and goals. So I think that's the challenge that if if this guy, Lacazette, is going to be the next guy to make the big step up, then it could be worth a punt. But of course, it's worth uh, it's it's about how how you view his potential. Lots of players have scored lots of goals in France and, and not quite made the grade. Um, so it's a, it's a difficult one. But I believe he's somebody that we've scouted quite often, quite a lot. Grimondi has been doing his thing, you know, sitting in the stand. Mm-hmm. Doing, Reading the tweets. Yeah, doing Sudoku and... Uh, and uh, occasionally just uh, looking up as he scores a goal. But, uh, you know, we've we've got an eye on him, as I'm sure we have with many other players. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I guess it would be an interesting one, but could it be one that would only happen, for example, if Theo Walcott didn't sign a new deal? What do you make of um, the, the Raheem Sterling thing, £49 million to Manchester City? It's a lot of money, isn't it? It's a lot of money. I mean, I think they've, to an extent... City are over a barrel, aren't they? Because they desperately need homegrown players to meet the quota. They failed to uh, snatch Fabian Delph away from Aston Villa, and I've, I kind of feel like they they kind of had to do this deal. But I, I, I'm forty nine million. Mm. I mean, that's an awful lot. I think Sterling. I really rate Sterling. I think he's got massive potential, but I think I would have balked at that kind of fee. Mm. What do you think? Well. I don't think it makes any difference to Manchester City because it's yeah. 49 million. They can spend that on anything they like. You know, they could just, you know, put in a garden 
at the back of the stadium worth forty nine million pounds, and it wouldn't True. make any difference uh, to their finances or their ability to do that kind of a deal. So I think they're they're always um, they're always going to do it. They they don't have to think about it too much or the consequences, particularly as the FFP rules seem to be just completely um, in the toilet at this point. Anyone can get away with anything. Mm-hmm. So why the hell not? You know, he's he's going to come in and the, he'll play. I don't know where, on the left or the right, he's going to be better than Nasri, he's going to be better than Milner, he's going to be better probably than than Jesus Navas. So why the hell not? And it helps their quota. So, yeah, I mean, it, it seemed to be the only real destination for him once uh, he'd made his mind up to leave Liverpool. So do you think, do you think there's any chance that Liverpool might come knocking with some of that £49 million for Theo Walcott? Who knows? Who knows? I mean... He grew up a Liverpool fan, I think. Theo, but you know, it really depends on what his ambition is as a footballer. Does he want to go play with Danny Ings and whoever else they've got? Ricky Lambert. Ricky Lambert. And be maybe the main man at Liverpool, or does he want to play with Mesut Ozil, Alexis Sanchez, you know, Aaron Ramsey, these guys? Um who could be um, really challenging for stuff. So, I mean, it depends on Walcott, and I don't know what the situation is with the uh, with Walcott and Arsenal at this moment in time. Um, you'd like to think that things are progressing um, and that a decision is going to be made one way or the other. But look, if it gets strung out and we head towards the end of August, who knows? But Liverpool have got money burning a hole in their pocket and they're going to want to buy somebody. I think I think they're going to be under huge pressure to buy somebody really good with that money. Like, not a, not a situation where you sell Fernando Torres for £50 million and you go out and buy Andy Carroll for £35 million. I don't think that will be acceptable to Liverpool fans. You know, it's not about the amount of money that you spend, although that's, that's clearly going to... Um, that's clearly going to have an effect on who you get, but nobody would say that that was good spending by Liverpool. Uh, even though they reinvested a lot of that money. So maybe there is pressure on them to go out and buy somebody really good with that money. I mean, they tried last season with Alexis. The problem they encountered is that it's hard to get you know, elite players to move to a, a, a club who don't play in the Champions League. Absolutely, absolutely. But maybe, you know, if, if, there's, a, if there's any kind of doubts... Uh, on our part over Walcott, like over his future or over his role in the team, as I think were evident throughout the season, throughout last season. Um, You know, he spent a lot of time on the bench when he could have been playing. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously finished the season with a couple of great performances and one in the FA Cup final obviously was, was fantastic. But if there are doubts and if Liverpool are looking and if, for example, we could target a a Royce, somebody like that, with the money on top of what we already have, then it will be quite tempting, I think. No? Well, maybe. I mean, the thing is that, you know, you talk about Walcott's ambition, but it may be that his ambition is as simple as wanting to play every week and his yeah, well, chance of yeah. doing that at Liverpool might be superior. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what yeah. I mean. So, um, yeah, maybe it's it's an interesting one. And, of course, probably by the time we finish this podcast, Arsenal will have announced that Walcott signed a new deal making us both look like um, chumps completely. I mean, the, th- the thing is, at the back end of last season, that was very much the way the noises were going, wasn't it? Publicly, Theo was saying, I'm, I'm sure it'll all get sorted out. I hope it gets resolved soon. And Arsene was at least outwardly saying that he'd like Walcott to stay. I suppose the only issue is how quiet it's been since. Mm. And with Walcott, you always feel like these things will drag out. 
I I would say that I'm not confident a new deal will be announced before the start of the season, certainly. Right. Well, that will make things interesting because I, you know, I really think a decision should be made before the end of the transfer window or, or some kind of deadline should be put on it now because uh, if he's not going to sign a new deal or if he's going to, if he's going to create another saga, I'm not sure he's worth a saga, you know? Mm-hmm. The ongoing headlines week in, week out, and maybe they'll get it sorted at the last minute or the 11th hour. You know, if you're doing that with a player of, of real world-class ability, then okay, you're having to deal with um, you're having to deal with all those issues and all the options that a player like that has, but I'm not sure that's the case with, uh, with Theo Walcott. So anyway, we'll see. This is just we pure speculation see. on our, our behalf. But is uh, Lacazette the best-named player after an old audio format of all time? I don't know. There's a guy playing for Marseille called Le Mini Disc. He's pretty good as well. I like uh, Alessandro Vinyl. Yeah. He's good, plays for uh, Napoli Reserves. Holding midfielder. Yeah, mm. yeah. And he can also play in goal. Yeah, that's good. I like, Vasemega likes versatility. Mm. He's big in the shower as well, I believe. 12 <laughs> inches. Very good. Hey. Very good. Hey. Um, what else is happening? I don't know. We didn't really talk about Abu Dhabi leaving. No, we didn't. That was last week, and we we probably should have uh, had a few yeah, words about that. that. Yeah, what are your feelings about that? I think it's just really sad, to be honest. Mm. You know, um, there was obviously a player of, of great potential there, and whether he would have ever become the player, his absences have. You know, I think sometimes when a player's out injured, um, his qualities are bigged up. You know that he becomes a better player in his absence. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, a little bit. And I think perhaps there's a, a, there was a touch of that with Diaby. But I think when when you look at some of the videos and you look at some of the moments and some of the performances, there was a he was clearly on a different level to the likes of Song, Danielson, Bentner. You know that era of player that he's been associated with all that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's just really sad that he hasn't been able to get fit. That when he has been fit. He's been struck down by injuries again, that his body seems to have been absolutely shattered by all the injuries, that the compensating for one injury has led to another, has led to another, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, as somebody who is 43 years of age and is gutted every time I have to miss a game of football on a Tuesday night, you know, playing Astro, I know there's uh, I know there's a big difference, but when all you want to do is play football and you can't, it must be absolutely heartbreaking. And I don't buy into the whole, well, he got his wages and, you know, that he should be fine sitting around picking up his money. I, I don't buy into that at all. That just completely negates and takes away the human element from it. So I think it's a shame that Arsenal never got the chance to see what kind of a player he could really be over a sustained period. I think it's a terrible shame for him that his career has gone the way it has. It'll be a brave club, I think, that would give him anything other than a, a particularly small deal. We hear about pay-as-you-play deals, but they're they're so rare um, as to be almost non-existent. And, uh, you know, I just share the manager's view that it, it's it's really sad to see what happened. I think we were left with no choice this summer but to let him go. I think he knew that, we knew that, and ultimately it's just a, it's just a very sad tale. It is a real shame because, you know, I think anyone who saw Diaby play in, in the early part of his career, there, there were glimpses of a, a really special player there. Uh, and to not see that come to fruition 
it's, it's gutting. I think it's gutting for Arsene Wenger as well, who for a long time really believed that it could be turned around and probably mm. to the detriment of the team at a certain period. I think he always kept, you know, in the, in the probably the, uh, apart from the last few years of Diaby's Arsenal career, he kept a place for him in the squad, you know, in the hope that he would be able to contribute and he couldn't. Mm. Um, I suppose that his legacy in some respects may be that I saw an interview with Francis Cochlear talking about what an important mental figure he was to him. So, uh, you know, perhaps we we have that to thank him for in some respects. He was a, a big influence on Cochlear, who's obviously now making a massive contribution himself. I just hope that DRB, it might be fanciful, but it wouldn't it be amazing to see him get a deal somewhere and actually put a run of games together at whatever level that was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know there's, yeah, there's talk of MLS. Um, maybe he could go back to, to France. I don't know. I don't know. It would be good. I'd really like to, to see him get a, to get a chance to play. And even if it's not at the top, top level that he would have wanted his career to be at, uh, I think at this point he would just be content with some regular football and contributing to whatever team he plays for. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. A bit, bit of a sad one really. And, uh, Look, uh, that's that's just kind of the risk, unfortunately, isn't it, with with footballers and with the game that you can pick up an injury that can have a long lasting effect. And you know, a football club can give a guy we could give Alexis a new deal tomorrow, and he could suffer the same kind of injury. You know, that is just the the bottom line. So um, you can't get too precious about whatever has been spent on on Abu Dhabi. I don't think so. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. All right. Uh, is that, is that part one? Uh, no, the other final thing I wanted to talk about, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, it's in the sun this morning. Oh, maybe not then. <clears throat> Probably not. You haven't uh, You haven't yet read your sore away sun. No, it's sat on the mat waiting for me. <laughs> uh, Wojciech Szczesny, apparently, in a bit of trouble, not in a bit of trouble, but, but photographed doing some of that old uh, nitrous oxide from a balloon thing. Oh, Wojciech. <laughs> Wojciech, Wojciech. Maybe he'll go to Manchester United. They need a goalkeeper. They're signing all the other shoes. Yeah. Schneid, Lynch, Feinsteiger, Szczesny. That'll be the hat-trick. Wow. It makes wow. sense. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. their real transfer strategy. I, um, that is a bit of a shame. But Arsene seems pretty relaxed about this kind of thing when it's not in the dressing room. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think he's quite all right with his players taking part in drug-fueled orgies as long as nobody takes any pictures. And if it doesn't happen in the toilets in the dressing room, yeah. that's the, the major issue. Well, particularly the orgies. He doesn't like those in the in the dressing room. No, there's, there's not a, room. It, a, it disturbs the feng shui. There's a time and a place for that kind of carry-on, chaps, and this <laughs> is not it. Oh, I haven't seen this story, but... Um, he, now, I, I, saw, I saw a picture... And just as easily he could be blowing up a balloon to celebrate his impending wedding. It must be that. Is is it is he turning it into a balloon animal or Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. He was making a giraffe or a a pony or a salamander or some kind of ox. He's making an ox for Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Mm. That's exactly what it must be. I can only assume. Yeah. Stay well, out know. of trouble, Wojciech. Come maybe on, maybe it could have been a helium balloon as well. Could easily maybe. have been, because well, he was... does that hilarious thing after you take some helium, your voice goes really, really high. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. That would be funny. Yeah, that is always a good party trick. Mm. Apparently that's dangerous, somebody told me recently. The helium thing? Yeah. In what, in what way? I don't know. Someone was telling me that they were doing a show where they got an audience member to do it and then Health and Safety said they couldn't because there is a minor risk attached to it. Um, of so, what? The person sounding quite funny? Like, Yeah, but maybe you get stuck like that. Oh, wow. Like if the wind changes. I mean, people have been doing it for years and as far as I know, there have been no adverse effects. But, you know, I'm just warning the people. Beware helium. Apparently it's not as... Hilarious and friendly as it initially appears. What, what? What? Maybe it was to do with the size of the balloon, like a, a normal size balloon, and then this guy was perhaps using a hot air balloon full of helium. Maybe. Maybe they were doing it in a shark tank. I don't know. Wow. I think but, we need more information on this. We'll come back to it next week. It'll be like a running thing. Yeah. See what um, happened to the helium guy. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well. So. Uh, well, Chesney's on the tour. He's out there. There was a picture taken with him and, and Petr Cech sitting beside each other. Both yeah. of them looking at the camera going, it's a bit awkward, really. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, like, Wojciech will sort of start calling Czech dad by mistake and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Get this weird relationship going. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Did you ever do that in school? Did you ever, like... I, I did, I did. Oh. Absolutely humiliating. I did it on, um, on a football bus... I think I was 12, right. something like that. And they, instead of, like, trying to get the attention of the, the manager or the coach, as he was, I went, ma'am. <laughs> and you can imagine how unforgiving a bus full of 12-year-old boys was. Oh, uh, I mean, awful. Uh, I, d- I did it myself. I remember putting my hand up in the class and just being like, ma'am. And I'd just be like, oh, God, <laughs> I have really let myself in for something here. Yeah. I bet um, someone broke your arm. Well, exactly. And it's been a week ever since and keeps just shattering at every possible <laughs> opportunity. Uh, there you go. That's what you get for uh, social faux pas in your, in your early teenage years. That's justice, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, you get, you get what you deserve. All right. Um, okay, will we take a break and come back with part two? We'll do exactly that. All right. Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is part two, where you send us your questions on Twitter, at GunnarBlog and at ArsBlog, with the hashtag Arscast Extra. As always, thank you for all the questions. There are so many we can't get through them all, but uh, we do our best. James, the honour this week is yours. Oh, thanks very much. Oh, my, my pleasure. Well, let's kick off with this. This is from Finn, who's at Finn1886. And he says, on the eve of our new Away Kit launch, even though we've already seen it, most of us, what are your best and worst away kits we've ever had? Ever. Ever. Okay. I mean, let's go last 20 years, because frankly, I won't remember beyond that. Okay. Although you can have like classic 70s, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like straight in there with yellow and blue. Like mm-hmm. no, nothing else for me in terms of the, the away kit. Like I don't okay. like variations. I don't like it 
when it's not yellow or when there's too much blue. Um, so I think probably my favorite, and it ties in obviously with the uh, with the success of that season, was the the yellow and blue from the Invincible season. Um, when Robert Perez, for example, scored that brilliant goal at Anfield. Oh, the yeah. yellow, the blue. It was very yellow. I it remember. was very yellow and, and very blue, and I, I like that. So that's that's where I'm a I'm a sucker. And I did like uh, last season's one as well. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. You know that wasn't bad at all. Yeah, you know we did we wore, wear that in the cup final. We did. Yeah. So I liked I liked that one, uh, and the worst one. What's the one I? Oh, the worst. Um, I don't know if it was technically a. Th- Away kit, may have been a third kit, but the white shirt I was not a fan of. No, that wasn't good. Didn't like that. Didn't like anything that was blue, like fully blue. Remember the one, remember that goal Thierry Henry scored against West Ham away and he sort of picked the ball up off Vieira and like took a touch and controlled it it on his knee and then went... It was like straight in top corner before anyone had even seen what happened. I do remember that. I fucking hated that kit. Did you? That that was one of the O2 kits, I seem that to That was one of the O2 kits, blue with stuff on the front of it and all that kind of It looks all sort of pixelated, yeah. Yeah, you know, and there was that blue kit that we wore. Remember when Rob, Robbie Fowler scored the three-minute hat-trick? Remember mm, that one? Mm. That was not good. Didn't like that one. Was that the sort of one with, like, lightning bolts down it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Didn't like that one. Go on, what's yours then? I mean, it, I said the last 20 years, but it is hard to look past the sort of 71 era, you know, plain, very plain yellow with the cannon and the blue mm. collar. That's a great kit. Yeah. Timeless. Timeless. Classic. Absolutely. Um, least favourites, definitely that white kit, which I think was a third kit, which was kind of a pinstriped affair. Mm. It, had it, all, a, it had all kind of writing on it, if I remember. Yeah. Weird. There was another one around that era, which was kind of dark blue... And a sort of red current colour. Do you remember that? Whenever I think of it, Emmanuel Abue is wearing it. Oh, the the um, the stripy one. Yeah. And we wore that, I think, when we we played Bolton. I think we were down to ten men, and then we yeah, won we three came two. Back. Yeah, we came back. Yeah. But despite that result, not a huge fan of that kit. I don't really know what that was supposed to be. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've had. Generally, if they're yellow, like you, I'm sort of cool with it. Yeah. Mark Overmars scored at Old Trafford in a yellow shirt, did he not? Like, yeah. I quite like that, a blue band across it, I think. Yeah. 98. Um, Thierry Henry's favourite kit, he always says, favourite was of our kit, was the gold kit. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's got great memories, of course, because uh, because of, you know, winning the league at Old Trafford, etc., etc. But, you know, I... I, I you know, not really for me. Is that what we've got this year? Gold kits? Is that what it's? Is that it's what it kind what it is? of like a? It's kind of like somebody has got a grey shirt in Photoshop and then got a yellowy gold shirt on top of it, and mm. then turned down the opacity on the yellow so the grey comes up from it. It's like anyway, they're launching it. I think in Singapore tomorrow night. I think that's what's going on. Exciting times. It really is. It's a shirt in which players will fit. I mean, you're not going to be they're going to play football in it as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be available for purchase. Who knew? Wow. You can buy it in shops and online anywhere. I'm actually looking at last season's away kit, and I think that was pretty good. Yeah, it's lovely. It's nice. I really like that. 
I really like that. So All right. Well, yeah, there's there, there we go. There's the kids thing. Right, here's one, and this comes from Chris Garment. He is at Garmentic A. I don't okay. know which particular garment he is, but he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, if you could mate two current Arsenal players to create a hybrid child that would improve the team, who would it be? Ooh. I mean, I think I've talked about this before, trying to breed Theo Walcott with Olivier Giroud. Yeah. Um, trying to fuse their genetics like some sort of Jurassic World nightmare. Uh, throw a frog and a chameleon in there too, just to sort of mix it up. Mm-hmm. But who else would be a good combo? I mean, what's the what's the gap I'm going to try and plug here? I guess maybe instead of looking at centre-forward, I'll think about this holding midfield situation, see if I can make another one of those. Yeah, Cocteta. Exactly. Someone who had the... Maybe I'll go... I'd, I'd want some of Cockla. <laughs> <laughs> Just adding the rest of the syllables there quickly. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, um, you know it's, it's hard. After a weekend, it's hard to, you know... It's hard to just change the pattern, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You know, you get into the habit of saying certain things. <laughs> I I think you'd want a bit of him, but you'd want... Maybe Coxzorla. Oh, that's what I'd want to make if I could. A Coxzorla. Yeah, it sounds like Coxzilla as well, which is a terrifying prospect. Somebody's going to Photoshop that for us, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to put it on our timelines. I don't think so. Not safe for work. <laughs> um, but, but you know, someone who had the kind of aggression and physicality of Cockland, but the quick feet and, you know, perceptive passing of Cazorla. What a, what a midfielder that would be. That would be good, wouldn't it? Some would say mm. Jack Wilshire could be that midfielder one day. Uh, I, I, I would <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. But some would, and that's the important thing. Right. But I, I, also, I wonder how big a factor that might be in Arsene Wenger's thinking this summer. What, that he's trying to breed Coquelin and Cazorla? And Jack Wilshire together. Right. I, I mean, nature, you know, life finds a way, as they say in Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, what would you do? What would I do? Um, I think, you know, if you were to look at maybe a... An actual Mertesielny, that Ooh, could be a good player. That would be a very good player. You know, the reading of the game, the calmness, the assurance on the ball of, of Mertesacker, along with the quickness, the aggression, uh, and the handy goal scoring uh, when you need to get into Europe of Koscielny. That would be a good player. Imagine an Azexis. An Azexis. An uh, an. <laughs> You're struggling. Uh, Alexil. An Alexil. Yeah. Wow. Uh, like That would be like a super... Uh, what would happen, though? Because, y- you know, there's this languid style of, of Urzel against this um, dynamic style of Alexis. One would l- want to sort of, you know, be efficient in their running and do the... You know, and the other would be like trying to get... You'd have a player that actually split in two on the pitch. I'm not, I'm not suggesting conjoined twins. Don't get me wrong. I think that is a recipe for chaos. Mm. But if we could somehow combine their attributes, I mean, what a player that would be. Yeah. What about they, what about a, a Belbushi? A Belbushi? A Belbushi. So you've got a bit more physicality at the right back position, strength, along with Bellerin's incredible pace. A Belbushi. Belbushi's good. Babushi's good. I think that would actually genuinely be... 
I mean, I, mean, I really like Bellerin, but I think if you gave him a little bit of Debussy... Mm, not bad, eh? Not bad at all. Um, what else? I'm just trying to think. I think we've probably done this one to death. I mean, you could sort of breed Yaya Snogo and Joel Campbell just for the hell of it and see what happens. Two players who go out on loan. Yeah. That you'd, you'd get this guy who was just forever out on loan with people going, like, give him a chance. <laughs> and just, it would never happen. Yeah. And then when he got the chance, he wouldn't be very good. Yeah. Bless him. All right, let's have another question. Uh, let, us, let us have another question. I enjoyed that one, though. Let's suggest it. That's right to the club. Yeah. Making that proposal. Could you please uh, set up a human cloning lab? Exactly. Yeah. For God's sake. It's about bloody time. There would just be like jars of babies, you know, ones that went wrong. (laughs) Bits of Abu Dhabi (laughs) in jars (laughs) on shelves. Yeah, I mean, there'd be all kinds of like weird concoctions in there. No, nobody needs to see a a flam, Uh, flam royale. Nobody Fun needs real. a plan real. Yeah, they're just keeping it in there for a rainy day. Um, right, this one yeah. comes from Steve Moore at Steve Moore 4116 Hi, Steve. Just going a bit DJ there, just trying that out. Hey. Radio 1. Hey. So, yeah, exactly. Hey. Uh, he says, in hindsight, hindsight, eh? Does the £25 million received for Robin Van Persie now look like a canny piece of transfer business by Arsene Wenger? I don't care. <laughs> I refuse right. to answer that question. Okay. Okay. Um, sorry, Steve Moore, but sorry, fuck Steve that Moore. shit. Who gives a <laughs> fuck? Seriously. Uh, true, true. Fair, fair. All right. Um, uh, that that means question, it's my then. question. All yeah. right. Okay. Oh, shit. I should have been... Uh, should have been ahead of the game here a little bit. Um, boom, ba bum, ba bum, ba bum. Uh, shit. Uh, okay. All right. Here we go. This one comes from Tim Stillman. Of course. Tim Stillman wants sure to know. I'm sure it'll be a, a sensible question because I don't is. know how erudite Tim is. Yes, he is. He's a he's a fine writer. Somebody who thinks logically and clearly about the game and is capable, 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 capable of expressing those thoughts in a in a very cogent manner. Mm, so mm, he yeah. wants to know. Would you rather have sex with a cow and have nobody ever find out? Yes. Or... Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, right. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Or (laughs) don't have sex with a cow, but everyone in the world believes that you have. It's all over the newspapers, and there's absolutely no prospect of convincing anyone that you haven't had sex with a cow for the rest of your life. I mean, what a conundrum. Mm. I mean, this could be Tim's next column, I suspect. (laughs) In the making. Yeah. Um, I would have to say that I'll stick with my first answer. And I, I, oh, I don't know, actually. You, were, you would have sex with a cow. That's where you're going with it. Look, it's fine. Embrace it. You're, you know, it's not, you won't be the first. I won't the, be the first. Or no. the last. Or the last. I'll tell you what's stopping me going with that. So I'm going with that because I'm like, well, I'm quite, you know, my public reputation has taken a battering already mm. and I, I don't need this whole cow controversy creating more problems for me. Right. However, I'm also conscious that a cow cannot consent. So I You will, would be like essentially a, a cow Bill Cosby. Yeah. And I'm not comfortable with that. If you can assure me that this cow is up for it, then that's the option I'm going with. Well, 
not to not to be too crude about this, but you know when you see some of those veterinary programs and 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 all that kind of stuff, and oh look, the cows, it's the the calf is breached, mm. and the vet's in there, and he's up to his shoulder, trying to get the poor little calf out. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not making any disparaging remarks about your girth <laughs> or length. I'm not sure the cow would be that aware of what would be happening if you were to go down that road. That's all I'm story saying. Story of my life. Mm. Story of my life, Andrew. I well, listen. That I think that is the road. I'm not sure about this. I mean, it's not an easy question, is it? Because what you see, what happens now is you say you'd have sex with a cow, and then everyone says he would have sex with a cow. Well, Immediately, that's why you become I known. I shouldn't have answered this on a podcast. Yeah. I? I don't even think a cow is a particularly sexy animal. That's another issue for me. What What is up there on the, the spectrum of sexy animals for you? Like a, I, a panther? Yeah. Sleek? I think even furry. a horse is preferable. They're quite sort of, you know, athletic. A cow, I feel, is like... It hasn't even made an effort. Yeah. I think dolphins are quite sexy. We're going to have a big problem here now. <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate dolphins, but yeah. I just think, as animals go... Do you think so? I don't think. They're quite beaky, and they've got a long nose, and they've got these little weird itty-bitty teeth, and, you That's know... That's exactly how I like my women. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well... So, do apply here. Yeah. I am... Um, well, what, what are you doing? I feel like I've now just announced on the internet that I'm going to have sex with a cow. Thus er- eradicating the whole point of the question. Yeah. By making it public. I wouldn't have sex with a cow. Right. And I don't give a fuck if anyone thinks that I did. Because I would know that I didn't. So who gives a shit what anyone else thinks? So what we've learned is that I am more conscious and care more about what people think than you do. Yeah. That makes me feel like a terrible man. And I've raped a cow. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) See what you've done now, Stillman. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tim. Um, Oh, God. Can we move on? Yeah, we can. Let's, let's, let's move on. Okay, I'm going to let this go out and to hell with the consequences. I'm going to prove to you that I don't care what people think because I'm going to have people tweeting me all day about cow sex. Um, <laughs> okay, at Arsenal Hippie, Hippie Gooner. Right. He says, as there is bugger all happening, can't argue with that, please make some wild future predictions for Arsenal in the year 2030. In the year 2030? Yeah, and what's good is, I'm sure we'll definitely still be doing this every week until then. Absolutely. So, we can come back to it then and be like, oh, we were right all along. We were completely right. Okay, uh, it's the year 2030. So, how far is that? That's 15 years away. 15 years from now. So, to put that in perspective, 15 years ago was what? 90... No, year 2000. That's an easy sum. (laughs) Your your mind is fucking wrecked from fucking cows. That's the yeah, problem honestly, here. You can't I've even caught, do simple arithmetic. Genuinely, mad cow disease everywhere. I yeah. So year two thousand. So not that long ago. In the year really. two thousand, uh, we didn't. Yeah, it wasn't a great year for us, really. No, as I recall, was that your Cup final year? Oh, could have been. Yeah, might have been. So Grim, fifteen okay. years on. Fifteen years on. Um, Arsene Wenger has just signed a new deal. Yeah, there was a lot of speculation he might go, but yeah. the board are still backing him. Yeah, he's 80-whatever, 80 82 mm-hmm. or whatever he'd be. So, you know, he's still looking as fit and healthy as any 73-year-old. Yeah. Uh, his uh, his assistant manager, who would his assistant manager be? 
I don't know. Has Baro Primarach finally got the promotion he's been angling for for 30 years? No, unfortunately he died. Right, okay. He died. Uh, it was an accident with a helium balloon. Yeah, hippie crack, mayhem, <laughs> poor old Boro. Took Steve Bold with him. Oh, God. Exploded everywhere. <laughs> That's what happened. So, uh, Mikel Arteta is his second in command. Of course he is. People are saying he's too slow to be a number two. Yeah, he doesn't get up from the bench quick enough. <laughs> uh, the stadium, oh, the stadium, uh, the stadium naming rights. How long more do they last? Another fifteen years? Maybe. I'd, I'd say they will have come around for renewal by then. Okay, so it's the the Snapchat Stadium, <laughs> Snapchat Arena, the Snapchat Arena, yeah. where they've managed to uh, to extend it to uh, to eighty thousand. Do they have they just put another stadium on top of it? Basically? No, no, they haven't. They they they're going to do what we said we would do in the uh, the April Fool that we did on uh, our Spog News. That people still come back to and go, is this not happening yet? Going, what, what did you say? Remind me. Basically, we said that we, that we were going to extend this uh, the capacity of the stadium, but the way they were going to do it was to make each seat one third smaller so they could fit <laughs> in more seats. So that that's uh, that's the only solution because they yeah. can't build up and they can't they can't build down. Um, burrow into the ground no. yeah um, Arsenal are currently sitting 12th in the European Super League ah. after a bad start to the season classic injuries probably I imagine yeah the season now runs from the start of June until December then there's a World Cup every year every okay. single year uh, in Qatar or one of those places um, in the desert in the in the daytime because they've added a touch of the whole you know the running man hunger games kind of thing to the to the to the football experience. I see the death of players on the pitch is now seen as part of the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Who's still playing? Is anyone still playing from this modern era? Bellerin is he the captain? He is he is the captain. Has he not gone to Barcelona? Surely. No, Barcelona, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad tidings here, but Barcelona went to shit when I went to live there right. in, in 2022. It all went wrong for the city. I've had to move to a smaller town down the coast. I accept no responsibility for what happened. All I did was say that thing to that guy and he took it wrong. And look, if people want to riot about that, there's not much I can do about it. Fair enough. So Barcelona as a city is laid waste. It's in ruins. A state of disrepair. Yeah, no, it's, it's, like, it's like something out of The Walking Dead. Apart from there are no walking dead. It's just like, wow, it's like a volcano, like Pompeii. I mean, one of the biggest surprises must be Joel Campbell uh, breaking the all-time goal-scoring record. Of Thierry Henry's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who can say they didn't see that coming? Well, in three seasons since his return from his twelfth uh, loan, yeah, <laughs> he's he's done remarkably well. All those loan spells finally paid off. I think, though, he's been he's been helped by the fact that the goals have been made eight feet wider and six feet higher for the sake of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, you know. So that that's been a bit of an advantage for him. His waywardness has now turned into precision shooting. Everything goes in the corner instead of four four yards wide. And does Silent Stan, is he still owning the, the business? What's going on there? 
No, no. Arsenal is now owned by uh, Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's inevitable that the empire will expand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Robbie's in charge of everything. And all the guys from Arsenal Fan TV, presumably, they make up the board now. No, no. Robbie killed them. Right. As soon as he got to the top. Yeah. I mean, that was his plan. It was just to use them to get to the top. And then it was like, execute them. Live on air. Yeah. On Arsenal Fan TV. I thank you for your service. But it's time to move on. You're all you're all Ned Starks to me. Off with your heads. And now nobody would fuck with Robbie after that. It's like, imagine, whoa. Imagine the hits you'd get for that. This guy means business. Yeah, yeah because, a, yeah, beheadings are now completely normal on YouTube. You know? Yeah, of course. 101 Great Goals would go mad for that shit, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. They would. Um, well, look, it sounds like an exciting time. It really does. really does. I'm looking forward to it, I have to say. I hope someone's written that all down, and then obviously, when it happens, you'll see that you know we are powers, powerful people who can see into the future. Yes, yes, right. Okay, here's the final one because we're running out of time, and uh, this one comes from Rashid uh, at Dishar eighty six. Okay, and he wants to know: Would you rather eat only butter for a month, or stub your little toe on a table in the dark every night for a month? I had a friend who ate butter. Like, on its own. Like, just would take a stick of butter and chomp it? He used to... When we were at school, they used to have, like, little rolls. And they had those little things of butter, you know, like in, like, silver paper or whatever Pats. it is. Yes, exactly. And he would just take a couple of those, tuck into them. That is Loved gross. It. What's weird is he then went on to do a degree in catering. I think he works in a restaurant now. <laughs> Bob's Buttery Brasserie. Yeah. It's quite a heavy butter theme. All butter, uh, all the time. Butter burgers, butter chips. Mm, I think, what was it, stub the toe? Mm. I think I'm going to have to eat the butter, aren't I? Toe stubbing is, I mean, it's up there with stepping on a plug, isn't it, in terms yeah. of agonising and explicable pain. It's infuriating, but it doesn't last that long. I mean, your toe over the course of a month would take a great deal of damage and would probably be a, like a hideous, bloody mess at the end of it. But it would recover. Whereas I think if you ate butter for a month, your ability to fuck a cow would be severely impaired. That, for me... I mean, I must stress, that's not a problem. I don't want to have sex with a cow. I know I, that I, isn't I, what I said earlier. Wait, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Well, that was it with very strict parameters. Right. Um, was if anything, cause... if you're telling me that, I'll eat the butter just to get out of that. Right. So if you ate the butter for a month, you wouldn't have to fuck a cow. Deal. All right. Bring me the blur pack. Come on. Somebody get that Kerrygold over here and we'll, <laughs> we'll do that. All right. We're going to leave it there. Hopefully, by this time next week, some stuff will have happened. So we'll nobody... have played matches. Yeah. Like pretend matches. Two matches. And that'll mm-hmm. be good because then we can talk a little bit about football and people will say, what's the fucking point in doing a podcast if there's no football to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Why we is the point? to amuse ourselves, in a way. Well, quite right. I've had a splendid hour in your company, James, as always. Yeah, and you. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Uh, until then, folks, cheers. Bye-bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.